Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast Centuries and Saints. Thank you for joining me. This is Scott. It's been a little while since I've posted, been really busy, but such is life. But hey, thank you for joining me. It's great to have you here. And we are going to continue on this episode to look at the patristic age of the church. Now, in our previous episode, if you want to go check that out, and by the way, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done that yet, and write us a review on iTunes, it's helpful. Last time on our episode here, we continued our look at the patristic age of the church, looking at the Roman Empire's persecution of the early church. We looked at some of the reasons, some of the social, political, and cultural reasons for that persecution, and what was going on there. So, I find that stuff really, really interesting to me, and I hope you do as well. So, what we're going to be doing on this episode is we're going to continue to look at the patristic age of the church, and we're going to look this time not so much at a concept, but at a person. A very, very famous bishop of the early church, whom I'm sure a lot of you have heard of, and his name was Polycarp. Now, Polycarp is regarded as one of the early church fathers, and again, he was a bishop of the early church, the Bishop of Smyrna. Also, from church history, we know that he was a disciple of the Apostle John, John, who wrote the Gospel of John, the letters of 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, and also, of course, the Revelation. So, Polycarp was one of the Apostle John's disciples. It's pretty amazing. Now, Polycarp was born, uh, we believe, in the year A.D. 69, so really about 36 years or so, 37 years after the death and resurrection and ascension of Jesus. So really only one generation removed from our Lord himself. So around the year A.D. 69, and he lived until about 155 or 156, making him about 86 years old or so when he died. Pretty amazing, pretty long life for that time in history. Now, again, as I mentioned, Polycarp was the bishop of Smyrna, and it's really interesting because we know that Jesus wrote a letter to the church at Smyrna there in the book of Revelation, and you can find that letter in Revelation chapter 2, verses 8 through 11. And Smyrna was one of only two of the seven churches to whom Jesus only gave praise and commendation and no rebuke or correction. And depending on when you believe the book of Revelation was written, Polycarp was definitely alive when the book of Revelation was written. So that puts some perspective on it. It's pretty amazing. In addition, Polycarp, along with Clement of Rome and Ignatius of Antioch, was one of three chief apostolic fathers. So obviously those men were not capital A apostles themselves, the original 12 apostles, Uh, who wrote scripture and established things in the early church. But these three men, Polycarp, Clement of Rome, and Ignatius of Antioch, came after them pretty quickly. And they were as well very influential and helped guide and helped form the early church as well. And in a later episode of this podcast, we'll take a look at those two other guys and their contributions to church history as well. Now, Polycarp wrote a letter to the Philippians. Interesting, because the Apostle Paul did the same thing, as you know. Uh, Now, Polycarp's letter is not considered to be inspired scripture, and that's why it's not in the Bible. It's not part of the canon. But that letter does survive to this day. 
So it can make for some interesting historical reading. Now, again, Polycarp being a disciple of the Apostle John, we also know from the ancient church father Irenaeus that Polycarp came to faith in Christ uh, through the ministry of the apostles. He was converted, so to speak, by the apostles, and he had personal contact, of course, with the Apostle John and with many others who had known and seen Jesus personally while he did his ministry here on the earth. That's incredible to me. And I find that interesting because so often, at least for me, I find these stories of the church fathers, even though they're very close to the apostles, I find their history in my mind for whatever reason just to sort of be really far removed. Maybe because I've spent so much time with the apostles, so to speak, through the writings of the New Testament, and not nearly as much with the church fathers. But it's really amazing to me to think about Polycarp here, this man that we're looking at this morning, who had relationships with people who actually knew our Lord, Jesus, physically when he was here on the earth. That just blows me away. That's absolutely amazing to me. Absolutely amazing to me. Now, another reason I wanted to take a look at Polycarp again briefly this morning is because, like I said, in our previous episode, we took a look at some of the reasons for the Roman Empire's persecution of the early church. We looked at all of that, and Polycarp was one of the early church martyrs, and to this day, one of the most famous martyrs of the early church. So I thought it was fitting to look at Polycarp's life on this episode, as we just talked about persecution in our previous episode. Now, Polycarp, when he was an old man, we believe around 86 years of age, he was arrested by the Roman authorities because he would not make the proclamation they wanted to hear. And that proclamation was Caesar is Lord. So a little bit of history in the Roman Empire at this time, everyone was required. And I believe the requirement was once a year. Or if you were taken by the authorities and examined as Polycarp was, you had to do it there on the spot to burn a pinch of incense at a statue of Caesar and just make the simple confession that Caesar is Lord. And that was it. That's what you had to do. And then you were considered a faithful citizen of the empire. You would not be subject to persecution, all of that. Now, if you've read the New Testament and spent any time with the apostolic writings, you will know that that posed a massive problem for the early church. Because the confession of the early church, and indeed the confession of the church throughout the millennia, up to our day and honestly forever, the eternal, so to speak, confession of the church is that Jesus is Lord. We read in the book of Philippians that one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We read in Romans 10, that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Okay, so this confession that I make personally, because I am a Christian, and that all true believers in Christ, who are true members of the church, Christians make, is that Jesus is Lord. Now that word in Greek, kurios, ha kurios, Lord, uh, there in the Greek, it implies master, kingship, rule, and authority. So what the early church was doing by saying Jesus is Lord, not Caesar, they were recognizing Jesus' deity, 
uh, because the Greek word kurios there is sort of a Greek adaptation of the Hebrew word for Adonai, which is a title reserved for God alone. And so by saying that Jesus is Lord, the kurios, the early church was proclaiming and confessing that Jesus is God. And that he is Lord, they were also confessing that Jesus alone is king, king of the earth, Lord of the universe. He's the one with all authority and power. And to him alone belongs all glory, honor, and praise. Now, the Roman Empire, they looked at their Caesars kind of that way. They looked at their Caesars, again, over time. These things evolved over time. Uh, But they looked at the Caesar as being divine. Uh, The Caesar would even call himself at times the son of God. Interesting. And so for the early church to say, no, Jesus is the son of God, and to make the confession, Jesus is Lord. Okay, that flew directly in the face of the Roman Empire. And that was one of the major causes, as we saw last time, uh, for the persecution of the early church at the hands of the Roman Empire. Because to say that Jesus is Lord was a massive threat to the authority of Caesar. Okay, the Roman Empire, they didn't care that the early church worshipped Jesus as God. Okay, the way that the Romans looked at religion is they had their pantheon of gods, and whenever anybody within their empire had a different god or different gods, they were fine with that. As long as that person would acknowledge that Caesar was the Lord and that they were fine, whatever, the Roman Empire didn't care. But the proclamation Jesus is Lord, that's what set the Roman Empire off. And that was unacceptable to them. So for the early church, that confession, Jesus is Lord, that also meant Caesar is not. Okay, and so for Polycarp, back to Polycarp really quickly here. Polycarp was arrested because he would not say Caesar is Lord. He didn't believe that. He believed that only Jesus is Lord. To which, again, every true Christian says, Amen. Now, again, at the Roman Empire at this time, to not say Caesar is Lord was a capital offense. Polycarp was a devout believer, a devout Christian, so he would not do it. Now, on the day of his execution, uh, he was to be put to death in the arena. And at first, they were going to feed Polycarp to the lions. Okay, now the governor pled with him to just make the confession with his lips that Caesar is Lord. Okay. Polycarp, of course, being a faithful believer, he refused. The governor confronted him, tried to pressure him, and threatened him. And the governor even said to Polycarp, okay, then I'll throw you to the beasts. Polycarp responded, bring on your beasts. (laughs) Remember, Polycarp here is an 86-year-old man. This is pretty epic. The governor then responded, if you scorn the beasts, I'll have you burned threatening Polycarp with being burned alive. Polycarp then uttered these famous words. You try to frighten me with the fire that burns for an hour, and you forget the fire of hell that never goes out. And then Polycarp went on to say these even more famous words. Eighty and six years have I served him, speaking of Christ, and he has done me no wrong. How then can I blaspheme my king and savior? Bring forth what you will, end quote. It's amazing. And Polycarp on that day in the Roman arena was martyred for the cause of Christ. 
And yet even down to this day, some 1850 years or so later, we're still talking about this. We are still drawing inspiration from our brother in Christ, the ancient Bishop of Smyrna, Polycarp. It's an incredible, what a legacy that he left of faithful service to the Lord, of long life and of steadfastness in the faith of the gospel, even in the face of a brutal martyr's death. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Centuries and Saints. Again, thank you for being with me. Uh, Go to iTunes and subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review if you would. That'd be very helpful. As well, check out my website, www.scottwmatson.com. There you can read some blogs that I've put up. You can check out the book that I wrote and have published on Martin Luther. And pretty soon, hopefully, we're going to have a music section put up as well. So looking forward to that. So thanks for being with me. And until next time, here for Centuries and Saints, this is Scott Matson. God bless. <laughs>